everybody is different and there be you guys when you come home with that child you know you guys are going to find your way of parenting that child of how you think is right and how you know you think is the right way to do it welcome to the art of fatherhood a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood now here's your host art eddie this episode of the Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Saber. As your kids go back to school, Saber wants to give you peace of mind. In addition, Saber wants to help make your students feel confident while they go on campus. We all know as parents the bittersweet moment when your kids head off to college. There are so many fun things for them to experience and explore, but also you want them to be safe. Saber can do that with their school safety kit that has a pepper gel, a two-in-one personal alarm, and a doorstop alarm. Did you know that Saber is the number one brand trusted by law enforcement and consumers worldwide? They empower generations with a deep range of personal safety product solutions designed with you in mind to keep you and your loved ones safe. Parents can carry on knowing that their loved ones are safer carrying Saber. Right now, through September 15th, 2023, you can get 15% off select items using the code CAMPUS2023. Some of those items are pepper gel with a detachable safety whistle, personal alarm with LED light, a jeweled pepper spray, and a two-in-one stun gun with flashlight. Learn more about how you can keep your family safe with Saber by going to saberred.com slash back to campus. That's saberred.com. S-A-B-R-E-R-E-D dot com slash back to campus. And make sure you check out how you can get 15% off those select items by using the code CAMPUS2023. What's going on, everybody? Artie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have Elijah Wilkinson. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, thanks for doing this. You're going to be going to training camp for the Arizona Cardinals on Monday next week. So again, I appreciate you getting this in. People follow you on Instagram. They know that you're a family man. So I'm like, I got to have this guy on the on to talk a little about his father journey. So we're going to talk football. But first, let's talk a little about your fatherhood journey. When you found out you were going to be a dad, what was going through your mind, man? You know, a little nervousness, um, you know, not really knowing what to do, how to really do it. You know, nobody's really ready, you know, when they really find out until you until the baby drops and you know, it's you and her at home and it's just it's just you two and a baby sitting there. Um, you know, you're not really ready until that situation hits you. But, you know, you figure it out over time and, you know, you, you figure out the way the way of it and the way you guys want to do it. You know, no doubt. How was that drive, the first drive home from the hospital to home? How was that? Was that crazy, man? <laughs> uh, Yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of like they, they bring you down, you, like from labor and delivery and all that and like. They wheel her down, and that's like safety reasons. She's like, I want to walk. I'm like, no, they got to wheel you down. <laughs> down, and like, they got to make sure the car seat's in right and all that type of stuff. And, um, you know, I just remember driving home, and I was driving like a grandma. Like, like all the way home, I had like had an Audi S8, super fast car. Um, and like, remember, like, I was driving the speed limit, which everyone should do. But <laughs> like, I was like 10 and 2, like, making sure I'm not like, you know, hitting it crazy bumps or like making any crazy stops yeah. um so i was just making sure i was super cautious super careful and like you know everybody you know you're riding with precious cargo at that point you know so you got to make sure you know getting a to be safely with them so um you know I remember driving home like super cautious like i was in a driver's test like literally like so slow like stopping <laughs> but like i remember it was crazy man but you know now it's now it's normal but she's screaming you know to put on put on her tunes 
you know, and uh, put my song on and put, put, you know, her, her little, you know, mini bow tunes songs on and all that. So, yeah. um, you know, awesome now, but yeah, I was super cautious. <laughs> love it. Love it. And the fact that you're saying 10 and two, so I have two daughters, 10, I'm mean, sorry, 15. And the other one's going to be uh, 13 in a couple of days here. But like my, my oldest, she's going through driving school. And I'm teaching her how to drive and she's going to have someone like from the uh, driving company, like teachers, like, you go on the road with her, even though I'm doing the same thing, but she'll tell me, it's like, dad, you got to go 10 and two. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, Oh, okay. So now like the only time you go 10 and two is like you said, the driving test. And then when you have a kid for the first time in the car, I love it. <laughs> love it. Talk a little bit about some of the values you and your wife are looking to instill into your kids as they're growing up. Um, Work ethic, um, you know, good manners, you know, gotta be a, a kind hearted person, you know, in this world, but also, you know, to be able to not be so kind because not everybody's going to be so kind to you. You know, the world is ugly, man. And, you know, it'll rear its ugly head, you know, at any point. So, you know, be kind, but also within reason, you know what I mean? And also to to understand that not everybody is going to be your friend. You know, everybody has a motive and, you know, what they're out to get. So, you know, you just got to be, you know, mindful of that and, uh, you know, just be aware of that. Uh, so I think, you know, just to be kind, be a good person, um, you know, and just, you know, keep your head on a swivel, you know, these things happen, you know, crazy out here in this world and, you know, your life could flash before your eyes in the blink of, in the blink of your eyes, you know? So, um, you know, I think it's, it's very, I think that's some of the good things that everyone should instill in their children because, you know, you never know, you know, with shootings and this and that and all that type of stuff, like, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And that's part of, you know, being at the wrong place at the wrong time and like all that type of stuff. But, you know, having a good home and, you know, having, you know, good morals and, you know, good routine and everything instilled in them, um, you know, is a good way to avoid those things. So I think, you know, that way of life and teaching them, you know, the right way to go through life is kind of a way to avoid that type of thing, you know? Great, great answers. And I love that. And the idea that, you know, keep your head on a swivel. That's so true in life because, you know, uh, I tell my daughters, like when you're leaving and, you know, if we're not there and you guys are with your friends and like that, don't be like drowning in your phones. Don't be like looking around, like make sure you're, you're you know, paying attention. Uh, and the fact that you said like, you know, be kind, but don't get like, you know, in, in, to paraphrase, like don't get walked on, right? Like you want to be good to other people, but people should respect you too. So if you're not feeling that, it's like, well, I try to be nice, <laughs> right? but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get walked on. Love that. What is something, and I know your kids are young, but like, what is something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad? Um, I think patience. Uh, patience is probably like the top thing, you know, um, you know, daddy, 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 you know, straight hearing that, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um, but at times you want to be like, why? <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, why? What do you want? Like, you know, um. But it's good to hear that. I want to hear that, um, you know, but if it's been a super stressful day and, you know, you're you're like, you've been hearing that for the last 25 minutes and, you know, there's bells and whistles going, Jordan's crying, you know, uh, Gabrielle's asking for me, you know, around there. My phone's ringing at the same time. Like a whole bunch of things could be, you know, could, could go into that. But, you know, I think patience is probably the most thing and to just to be patient with them they're kids they don't know you know so like I think that's the biggest thing is to you know their kids and just be patient with them and you know they don't really know you're teaching them they're learning from you so be patient but I appreciate the honesty right there because even as they get older too it's like ma dad like 
you saw that your mom and I were talking. Could you just give us one second? Unless you're bleeding or the house is burning down, like just just give me a second, right? <laughs> Uh, one more question before we kind of uh, have a transition into football, but like, talk about like, I think you're perfect for this. Like one of the things that people find this podcast, if they become a dad, right. And they're like, well, I want to check out podcasts that talk about fatherhood. And so people email me. I, I love when you ask this question, especially to with kids of your, you know, your kids ages, dad hacker piece of advice for new dads. Listen to this. What would you offer to them? New dads that are listening to this. Yeah, man. Where'd I start? <laughs> <laughs> new dads listening to this you know how i said before you know everybody is different and there be you guys when you come home with that child you know you guys are going to find your way of parenting that child of how you think is right and how you know you think is the right way to do it what i'm saying is is just you know one way that we do it you you can follow my model you you don't gotta follow my model you can follow your own model but it's just one way so you're going to figure out your way as time goes on things change as well throughout the stages of their life so you know things are going to evolve they're going to evolve like you're going to have to adapt and overcome you know the different stages of life and i talked about patience you're going to have to have some of that you're going to have to you know start to you know evolve and start to grow that patience and grow that you know that parenting model and grow that you know, the, the style of what you're doing and, and, and all of that. So it's going to change constantly, but you're going to have to evolve and adapt and overcome with that. So I'm, I'm giving a model of how we do it, but you're, everybody has their own model. So to new dads, that'll be what, you know, my advice would be to you is to just be patient. And it's not, you know, everybody's way is not the right way. You're going to have your own way. Everybody has their own way of doing it. So just be patient with the kids and, you know, just enjoy the time that you have with them. Spot on, man. Like you are a dad veteran right now with these answers, man. The idea, cause every, like you don't have to keep up with the Joneses and all that. So I love it. One of the things I've been, uh, my wife and I recently watched was a Netflix series quarterback. Right. And it was cool <laughs> to see like all the guys that were in there, like even, even some of their teammates bring their kids in. Right. So I'm guessing you guys, like for you personally, did you kind of talk with your teammates? I know, this year starting with the Arizona Cardinals, but past, you know, teams and all that. Did you guys talk a little bit about fatherhood when you, obviously I know you guys are there for mission to win games and focus on football, but did you guys talk about fatherhood here and there in the, in the locker room? Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, I was in Atlanta last year with Marcus Mariota and like, you know, we went golfing a few times and, you know, we've had that conversation, you know, he was telling me when they got pregnant and all that. And, you know, he he doesn't know what's going to happen. I told him, you know, I had Gianna and we've got Jordan coming and, um, you know, it, it's just different. I'm giving him the advice, um, you know, but you really don't know until you know. And I remember, you know, as he was going through the woes of pregnancy and there is woes in pregnancy. I will tell you that um, as he was going through those, um, you know, he would come up to me and be like, Elijah, man, she's killing me, bro. She's she's ordering she's ordering crumble. And, you know, I'm doing this and that. I'm going to kill my diet. Like, blah, 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 blah. you know, we're going on and on trading back and forth um you know but he he's definitely they're doing well now um super awesome they have a beautiful daughter um you know but everybody like i was saying everybody learns on their own and you know you're gonna you're you got no choice you're, you're gonna learn the baby's here now so you got no choice but to learn um so i think that was cool that i got to spend some time with him and you know kind of see him come up from you know having a baby because i remember meeting him you know before the season started before ota started and we were golfing, me, him, and Kyle Pitts. And, like, we had some time before Kyle got there. We were just having a chat. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, we were talking about kids. And he was, uh, he was asking about mine. And 
I said, you guys think about having kids, man? And he's like, oh, you know, we just got married two years ago. Like, you know, nah, we're, we're just, we're just going on. Like, we're just enjoying being married, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, sure enough, like a couple months later, he's like, yeah, we're pregnant. And oh my gosh, what, what do you do? How does this, how does this work? Like, what are the, what are the ultrasounds like? He's asking me all these questions. Um, you know, so he learned along the way, but yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. So I, I enjoyed my time, you know, with him and being able to, you know, go through that process with him and be able to help him. Yeah. I love it. And it's funny too. Cause you probably like, we're talking to him like, Oh, I think about having kids. Like they were, pro they probably know, but like for, for, you know, new dads or just any parent in general listening to this, like there's that period. We don't say anything until like the doctor's like, okay, things are safe now. I mean, anything can happen. Right. And God forbid something bad happens, but like the idea of like, don't say anything until this time until like the, the you get out of the first trimester or whatever the case of it is or how many weeks or whatever. And they're like, then you can start telling people like, you know, family and loved ones and all that. So yeah, love that. Before that first trimester is over, like that's a thing, man. And that's a very common thing that people don't talk about that. Like it, that happens when trying to get pregnant, when, you know, trying to have a, have a child, like that happens. And that's a part of life. And, you know, to people that are listening, I want them to know that like, it's okay that that happens. And some people do IVF. Some people, you know, try multiple times. Like, it may take a few times, like, but that's, that's part of life. And like, not everybody hits it on the first time, you know, but that's, you know, that's part of life. So don't get discouraged. Don't, you know, get down on yourself or, you know, the wife or the girlfriend who's going through that, you know, be there to support them within that time. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a very ugly and gruesome time for them. So just be there, be there to be their support system, be there to, you know, be in that with them. It's a very sad time as well. So like, just, just be there for them in that time. If that were to happen, I just wanted to say that before we got off that topic. Yeah, no, I, I, I applaud you for saying that because I think the, you know, this man, like, communication whatever field or whatever relationship you have is huge but like especially with your you know with your wife like you want to have that communication especially because like mentioning earlier about like just do what works for you guys right but like there is that tendency where friends or uh siblings start having kids around you and like okay we should probably start having kids if we if we wanted to go that route and then it's like yeah, the act of having a kid is fun, but there's also pressure when it's like, now's the right time. This is You have to eat this. Don't drink that. Like all of these things. So it goes into that. And having that open line of communication with your spouse, I think is huge. So th thank you very much for uh, bringing attention to that. What are you hosting your own fatherhood podcast, man? I feel like you're, you're good for this, man. Um, talk a little bit about the transition from college at UMass to the NFL. I know uh, you got into, you know, you, you got undrafted and you, and you, and you got into the NFL, but what was that transition? Like, what was like maybe the biggest hurdle for you? Cause you said everyone handles things differently and experiences things differently, but for you, what was like maybe the biggest hurdle? I think the biggest hurdle for me was probably uh speed of the game and diet. Um, You know, when, when you're in college, like you're on a meal plan, you're eating whatever, Um, you know, and you at UMass, we had this place called uh wings over Amherst and man, they had the best, garlic parm wings and i would get the garlic parm fries with it you might as well just match them up together um but that was my meal that i always ate and i always ate a ton of dominoes because that's what's open late you know you're studying you're you know you're out partying you're doing whatever and like that's what's open late and a lot of insomnia as well <laughs> as well you know insomnia cookies um but that's was the biggest thing is to you know tighten up that diet and also just the speed of the game as well you know you're 21 22 when i had came in and, um, you know, I'm going against Derek Wolf. I'm going against Von Miller. I'm going against, you know, these guys that have been, 
you know, in the NFL for six, seven, eight years at the time. And it's my first snap or two and I'm going against them on a scout team. Like, you know, you could imagine like how that went, you know, they're licking their chops, like all fresh meat, man. Like we're, we're ready. <laughs> they're looking at you like you used to look at those wings, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Um, so that was like kind of the biggest adjustment, um, you know, to getting to the NFL, but everybody adjusts to that, you know, it takes time, you know, you're, hey, listen, we're all, you know, everybody's getting paid on either side of the ball. So like, you know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but, we're the best of the best, the 1%, you know, in, in the world that are playing this sport in the NFL. And, you know, you're going to win and you're going to lose. That's what we're getting paid to do. So, you know, you don't get discouraged, you know, when that happens. Um, but, you know, you just got to learn from that mistake and, you know, try not to lose the next round. I mean, you know, do, you know, perfect your technique and what can you do differently and how, how can you, you know, prevent that from happening, you know? So I think that was, that was something that I had to learn. And then the diet thing, you know, I remember my, uh, strength coach he used to follow me like me and a couple other guys that had came in uh a little bit heavier you know college like you know they they want guys 30 you know big heavy hog mollies like up front like you know what i mean but the nfl especially the afc west i came to the broncos for my first team um speed speed passing you know passing type of uh you know division gotta be fast man and like you know being 330 320 like that's tough, like you know. So you got to trim it down, and you got to kind of tighten up on that diet. So I remember, um, you know, the rookies always have to live first, and that would be six, seven a.m. You know, whatever it may be. And we'd come in to eat breakfast, and like he would follow me and the guys that were, you know, on that list to, to lose weight or to like tighten up on that diet. He'd follow us down the line, and we used to have like a place you could order to go omelets, you could order, you know, whatever. And he'd he'd be in our ear nope not that <laughs> like nope not that Mm-mm. like he i remember like he would he would go and order breakfast for us like yeah. all right <laughs> guys are gonna have egg white spinach mushrooms like no cheese no nothing okay maybe a little little potatoes for some starch and fruit and that's it <laughs> and that's that's what you should be having for breakfast period like and i just remember that and i kind of carried that with me you know from learning that um, you know, the way of eating, you know, or you grab some oatmeal and just some fruit and like, just kind of like, you have to, you know, fit not the French toast with syrup and butter and the pancakes. And it's like, like you can't fall into that. You, you see the skill guys coming in and like, they're getting, you know, bacon, eggs, pancakes, this and that, they're tearing it up. But like, you just can't eat like that. You know, it, it sticks to you a little bit different when you're a little bit bigger, you know? So, yeah. uh, I thought that that was a funny experience <laughs> when I first came in, but, um, I appreciated him for it. You know, it made me better. No doubt, man. I love it. Two positions on the NFL during game day. If they go unnoticed, they're doing great. But if they get noticed, they get so much like crap thrown their way. And I think one is the referees and then two is the offensive line. Right. So how do you have that mindset where you have this position where it's sometimes (laughs) thankless? I know the running backs and the quarterbacks will thank you, you know, during Christmas or after the season or whatever, but like, how hard is it? It's almost kind of like the dad role where it's like, you know, the mom is like connecting because they have nine months with the baby and, the, you know, the dad's trying to catch up and all that stuff. So I feel like you have an experience being a dad, but also to be an offensive line. Like if your name gets called, it better be for making an awesome block. Right. Other than that, like you don't want to be called. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll actually throw uh DB like our corner in- into oh, that. True. That- yeah as well because i used to me and chris harris jr always used to talk a little bit about it when i was on the broncos and like we got one of the hardest i mean the quarterback is the hardest job on the field no doubt um but 
right next to that is offensive line at tackle or, or all across. All across is hard too, man, but tackle specifically and, you know, cornerback. That's one of the hardest positions one-on-one, mano-e-mano. Like, you know, so like you lose, everybody's going to see, right? You know, so um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like, you know, there's 60, 70, 80 plays in a game. And you lose one of them. And it's like, oh, my goodness, he's the worst player in the world. And blah, 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 blah. Oh, I can't believe him. But, like, all the rest of the 60-something plays, like, you were great. Like, yeah. you know, but you lost one. And that could change the game. And I think that's pretty much, like, why, you know, I think Lyman should be appreciated more. I think that, you know, it it is a very hard job, job to do, um, you know. And I think that that's why they should be recognized more, man, because – it's so hard to have that consistency, number one, but also to, you know, have that endurance and strength and also the smarts, like to be able to stay on key and locked in for that whole all four quarters to not miss a beat, man. And those dudes on the other other side of the ball, man, they're 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 blind dogs in a meat house, man. They're just they they're they're just <laughs> they're just chasing after one thing, you know. They don't they don't have to think about nothing. Now, you know, some plays they gotta think, they got stunts, they got whatever, but Aside from that, blind dogs in the meat house, man. Just run, just run straight, run straight, and go sack the quarterback, man. That's, that's all they got to do. That's all they got to do. So, you know, I think that it, it makes our job, you know, a lot harder, you know, for for that fact. But, you know, I would say that you just gotta next play, man. You know, something like that. How I've, I've been in that position, had a bad game, giving up a sack or two. Like, it just happens, man. And like, you know, you just gotta overcome it. Like, you gotta overcome. It. I've had a game I given up a sack and we won. I have a game I given up a sack and we lost. Like. it's happened so like you just gotta go to the next play mentality man and just you know next play next play you know pick the quarterback up if that does happen and you know get back in the huddle you know don't think about it next play we're on to the next one and just keep it moving you know and I think you just gotta you can't have that lingering because you know one turns to two two turns to three and it just kind of like has that snowball effect so if you let that bother your mind, you know, it's going to it's going to ruin you for the rest of the game. So I think that, you know, this is the next play mentality and just having like a, a new fresh mindset that, you know, all right, that's over with. Let's go. We're on to the next one. Let, let's do it. You know, that that's kind of what, you know, get you out of that funk if you are in one and, you know, get you on to the next play and to continue on with the game, you know, and have fun with it. No doubt. Great perspective. Great mentality. Two things I, I'm taking away from that. One, it's like, could you imagine you come home with a 96 on a test and your parents are like, what happened with the last question that you missed? It's like, I got, I got a 96. Like, right. <laughs> right? right. And the other thing is too, is like when you're mentioning like, you know, the blind dogs in a meat house, I just, it's funny. Cause you always see sometimes with a, you know, an all out blitz, you have everybody rushing up and you just five guys, right? You don't have the running backs or, you know, the tight ends coming like, okay, we're all going to rush up on the defensive line and take them out. You guys always have the negative side of that with everybody coming up for a rush, man. So thank you very much for sharing that. Got two questions before we finish off with a father quick five. You mentioned, you know, playing in Denver and I was watching the NBA finals and, you know, the heat and, and, the, and the nuggets. And it was like, I always, I always knew about the mile high and like the air and all that other stuff. And then, and you know, when the Broncos are playing the opponents, but like it never dawned on me, like you're still playing an elevated in, in the NBA. Is that such a thing for a player? Like for you playing there, I guess, you know, you get used to it, but do you feel like that was an advantage? Oh yeah. I love, I love, I love being at home because I've been there for the past, however many, I was there for four years. So like I was there for a long time, man. And like, even when you're in the season, you know, you get there in July and like, you're just in there, you're in that air, man. So you're really accustomed to that. 
Um, you're really used to that. Uh, so when we would get teams in there, man, and like we're on a long drive, I, I'm praying for hurry up. Like I want, I want the coordinator. Hey, hey come on, hurry up. Let, let's get it going. Because like once you get it going, they're dying. You're tired too, but like you live there and you're in it. So like it, it's not making you that tired, and you practice in it every day. So you're conditioned for it. You're ready. You look over on the other side, and they're puffing and puffing, man. You know, you know they're hurting, and like it makes it so much easier because the rush is just not as hard as it would be because they're tired. Like so, you know, it just makes it ten times easier. So, a hundred percent, I would say that, <laughs> you know, that is a huge advantage, and even indoors too. You know, it's the same thing. So indoors in the NBA as well, it's the same exact thing. So, man, a huge advantage. Like I definitely like. I love I, I love being there. That's one of my favorite cities, uh, being out in Denver. But um, yeah, training there is tough, man. That's it's good work. I, I love it out there. That that gets you ready for a lot, man, for sure. And I, and I know everybody, every team is going to be like competitive and, and you know not sharing trade secrets, but secrets. But one of the things I love, uh, and I was I saw that Kittle, a couple of tight ends have the tight end university. And I know that there's different um, positions that like will have those things. Who were you looking up to while you were maybe in college or high school? Did you have like tackles the offensive line um that you guys like position players in those positions like did you look up to anybody and being like i kind of want to not model not because i know i i know athletes get really ticked off like when they get compared like oh this is the next this is the next like let me just be me all right but for you yeah. like did you look up to anybody um when you kind of knew like all right i'm gonna be in this you know i'm gonna be on the offensive line i'm gonna look at so and so just to maybe help out like get better at my at my craft so uh, I grew up with big Eagles. I'm from Philadelphia originally. Grew up a huge Eagles fan. Um, always grew up watching Jason Peters. Um, one of the, he will be, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame. Whenever he hangs it up and he's done, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um, you know, uh, so that was one person that I've always watched. And then also another Eagle, Lane Johnson, one of the best tackles in the game. I played offensive tackle, so that's always who I was watching. Um, you know, they were – some of the some of the best guys in my I still are the best like Lane's at the top of his game hasn't let up a sack in three years. Uh, Jason Peters I played with him uh, in Chicago two years ago and you know that was just a blessing getting to get all that knowledge eighteen years in the NFL getting to get all that knowledge from him and just like oh my like the star star studded you know you know <laughs> I kinda like oh my god I'm starstruck because I used to watch this guy like in my PJs before I'm going to school the next day you know what I mean Sunday night football like before I'm going to school. I used to watch this guy like on like on TV, man. Like and now, you know, I'm sharing the field with him. He's giving me knowledge and telling me, oh, you need to do this better, you need to do that better. Oh, you can do this, you know, and give me, you know, advice on the game, man. And I think that was, you know, uh, a highlight in my career, man. Getting getting to meet him, getting to uh, you know, share the field with him and like, you know, and be on the same team. I thought that was awesome, man. So those are two guys that I would say that uh coming up, I used to like model my game after or try and try and watch and try and do some some of the things that they did. But, yeah, man, that was sweet. Getting to meet Jason Peters was pretty cool. Um, I met Lane before, uh, so that was pretty cool, too. Um, but they have a thing, like, you know, how tight end you, you were saying, they have something like that for offensive linemen. It's called uh, O-Line Masterminds, and they have it every year um, in Dallas, Texas. It's a dude named uh, Duke Merriweather um, who started it up, and Lane Johnson was one of the people who had started it up as well. Um, so they all come together. You know, they, Lane's up there talking. You know, other, you know, Willie Anderson, other great offensive linemen, um, they all share their experiences, um, you know, different techniques, different things, you know, that can make people better um, and just kind of come together as, you know, the big, big guys, you know, that don't get much love and just kind of come together and, 
you know, share their experiences and just have a good, you know, one to two days and just kind of meeting and talking about, you know, the game and how can get how we can all get better and all of that. So I think that that's a good thing that, you know, has been started. I actually have not been yet, you know, having kids is kind of, you know, crazy, but, you know, I definitely want to get out to one of them for sure. Cause you know, being going into my seventh year and, you know, been doing this for a while. I think that it's something that I should do. You know, it's, it's a cool, I've seen it. it looks pretty, pretty cool, man. So I think I need to go check it out next year for sure. No doubt, man. They'd be lucky to have you. And, it, and also too, just with seven years, man, a lot of people maybe know this or don't know this, but like the average, you know, time in the NFL is like three years, maybe. Right. And for you to go <laughs> above that, man, that's amazing. So kudos to you on that. Um, you mentioned, you know, watching, you know, games at night, Sunday and Monday nights are the best times to play. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, they got their way of doing it, man. I remember, like, my some of my first, you know, first times playing on Sunday night, Monday night, like, it'll be, you know, it, I was on the Broncos, so it was, like, us versus the Chiefs or, like, us versus, you know, the Raiders, like, a good, like, divisional type of game. And, like, it's very exciting and it's all crazy. It's a divisional opponent and, like, it's kind of that rivalry atmosphere and, like, everybody's, like, all locked in and keyed into it. So, you know, it, I thought that was, like, pretty cool getting into, like, not only that, but then my first time and, like, actually starting in that. You know, it was pretty, pretty cool, man. Awesome. So, um, I'll never forget for sure. Very cool. Thank you very much for being uh, very generous with your time. We're going to finish off with the Father Quick Five. And I know they're super, they're young, but, like, do you, maybe if you haven't watched yet, it can be a TV show. Because we all know kids at that age, their attention span, like, I'm not sitting for, like, an hour movie. Like, this is, the, like, so it doesn't have to be a movie, but is there a show that you guys like to watch together? Um, not a particular show. Uh, yes, you're right. They, Gianna's only two. She's not sitting for more than 20 minutes, like, like watching a show. Um, but her favorite is, uh, Frozen. She loves Anna Elsa, Olaf, you know, that's her, that's people, man. So I get behind it. I, I, I'm kind of a fan too. We were at Disney, um, you know, a couple weeks ago and, you know, when, when, uh, they were doing, she, Anna, you know, Elsa, they were up there singing, let it go. And, like, I remember Olaf, like, bust out of, like, the back doors. And, like, the crowd went crazy. And I was one of them. And I'm like, oh, it's like, oh, my God. Like, I was like, why did I just why did I just do that, man? But I, it's Olaf. He's the guy, man. You know, I had to, I had to you know, give my guy a shout out. But, um, yeah, so that's something that, uh, that we like to watch. And she watches, you know, YouTube, like, cuts it up now. And, like, there's, like, 20, 30 minutes of, like, the best clips, like, in Frozen. So, like, she loves watching that stuff, man. She loves that. Yeah, nice. If you have uh, Disney Plus, they have like the Olaf like Frozen shorts. Have you seen that where they do like all the other movies and stuff? <laughs> yes, yes. Trust me, I've, I've seen anything Anna Olaf Elsa. Like I've seen it all, man. As as well as Mickey Minnie, you know all that all that good stuff. I've seen it all, man. So trust me, I'm on it all. Such a good dad. All right, so maybe it doesn't have to be a genre of music. You can't wait to introduce them to. Maybe is it frozen? Like, is the is the soundtrack in your family right now in your household like frozen? Is that it? <laughs> um, that soundtrack, and then um, when she was like one ish and coming up through that, Moana was like a, a hit, was like a hit, man. Like that soundtrack, Dwayne the Rock Johnson on there, like all that. You know, I, I'm I'm chiming in and singing some of the ad libs. Like, man, we still we still do it to this day. But like, it's not her favorite as much as like Elsa and all that and Let It Go, but. Um, yeah, man, I would say Moana is, is probably like her top and then behind that or else is probably her top and then behind that is Moana. But nice. if I were to introduce them to some kind of genre, I would say like I got to I got to introduce them to the greats, man, because I feel like, you know, this, you know, the newer kids born in 2000s and all that, like 
they're not going to know who Biggie and Tupac was. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I got to show them that. I feel like that's, like, my responsibility. Like, as a, like they got to know that. Like, you have to know that. Like, that's, although it's very, you know, like I said, they got to get older, you know, very, uh, lyrics are pretty, pretty gruesome, but they, they got to know that. Like, that, that's like a, like a staple. You got to know some good Biggie, some good Tupac. Like, you got to know that. that. That's, you know, staples, man. I'll, I'll admit, man, so, like, being a kid from New Hampshire, a white kid from New Hampshire, like Pac was my favorite. There were there was the dudes on like the, it was like the smallest strip of New Hampshire is like a beach, right? And I lived kind of near that town, and there are these guys selling bootlegs of like when Tupac, you know, passed away, and there was like Machiavelli Seven, Machiavelli Eight. I'm like, and these are CDs, so I'm dating myself. I get that. I'm 44 years old, but I'm like, can you play that? Like, what is that? I just want to make sure I'm buying the thing. And it was like. I mean, when he got out of jail and was with Death Row, he just had so many different songs. So they took a bunch of his songs and just put backbeats on them. And of course, they have like their DJ, you know, um, spin on it. Uh, you know, yeah. like somebody say spin, but they're just yelling, like, DJ, you're not my like, all right. We yeah. get but like, yeah. I love Pac. And I actually showed my daughters a couple of them. And I'm just like, again, I mean, they're watching shows right now. They're, they're at the point where they're going to watch some shows with some, you know, foul language and stuff but i'm like this is what i grew up in and i showed them like biggie Pac, um outcast i love at aliens is my favorite um outcast album hands wow. down they 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 do a lot of great stuff but for me growing up maybe that's sentimental at aliens was like my favorite album man so that's awesome hey, good one outcast is that's a good one yeah um, okay i know you maybe went on it uh because you're talking about disney but describe the perfect family vacation where would it be um, yeah, I, I, you know, I would have to say Disney. That's where we just went, you know, in July. But I, I would have to say Disney, man, you know, it's, it's nothing, especially if they're into that and they like the Disney characters and all that. Um, it's the perfect place for them. You know, it's nothing better than that. And, you know, she loves the, the princesses, Anna Elsa, you know, Cinderella, all that. Um, you know, so we did the princess breakfast and, you know, all the, all the princesses, you know, they like, they have like a DJ there, like announcing them like, all right, now here comes Cinderella. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and she's like, oh my gosh, Cinderella. I'm like, oh my. So like, you know, so I thought that was, uh, you know, kind of cool just seeing her and her element, you know, getting to see those, those things. I know it's a big trip and it's a lot, you know, on parents, as you know, you probably know that it's a lot of to do that, but you know, uh, through the pains and, and all, all the all all the the growing of that, like it, it's definitely worth it, man. You know, to see the smiles on their faces and you know to see them get to enjoy that. So I think that was probably the best. You know, going yeah. to Disney when we when our kid our daughters were your daughter's age. We um I think they were like five and three. We had like the Bibby Bobby fatigue, and then we took them for lunch and um cinderella's castle and it was great but i love the dj thing like all of a sudden i picture them in like bulls warm-up suits and it's like the air of michael jordan they're like dude 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 like, that'd be awesome they start like high-fiving each other that'd be great um you know you mentioned golf but obviously too like we all know this like you need some downtime for yourself so in the off season what are you doing like what's your favorite thing to do during the off season um man routine's pretty tight uh you know you got to fit the kids in there too um but you know usually um pilates in the morning i'm working out after that and then once i'm done that usually back home you know lunch and stuff you know hang out with the kids uh but if i'm not working out uh i'm usually golfing that's like my my number one man i, I love, love going golfing very very therapeutic to me although it's a very uh angry and frustrating <laughs> <laughs> mental sport um, I talked about the patience, you know, with children. I think that that kind of that patience that I had from having children kind of 
taught me the patience to have with golf because when I started, you know, I was not that good, man. I'm shooting a hundred. Like it, it's very rough. I can't find the ball, man. I, I'm trying to go find it in the woods somewhere. So, um, you know, to now where, you know, I'm shooting under a hundred and it's a little bit better, a little more, a little more bare. You, know, you can kind of, it, it's more enjoyable. It's not as frustrating, you know? So like when you go, it's like, Oh man, I can't wait to go. Cause like you're, you're working on your game, man. So I think that, uh, that's something that, you know, it was kind of, it's, it's, it's a cool hobby, man, for me. I like it. Nice. That's awesome. And lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Fun superhero. Nice. And great dad. Great. Great three words right there. People, make sure you follow Elijah on Instagram at Elijah Wilkinson 68. Thank you so much. I know you got, you know, uh training camp coming up next week, but thank you for making the time. I wish you and your family continued success, sir. All right, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I want to thank Sabre for sponsoring this week's Art of Fatherhood podcast. I really appreciate their support. And I also appreciate what they're doing to keep families safe and not only give students confidence when they're on campus and away from home, but also to giving parents peace of mind. Make sure you check out their great sale right now by using the code CAMPUS2023. And also, too, please rate, subscribe, and review anytime you check out the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I really appreciate that. It'll help get the word out. Go to artoffatherhood.net for all the different podcasts, articles, reviews, and giveaways. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.